The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? A-Town Connection right here. You got Young Bloods uh, featuring Daddy Fat Sack. You know what I'm talking about? Outcast. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like this. Welcome back, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Crown and Collars podcast presented to you by the CFN. I am one half of your host, Jeremy, a.k.a. Black Dante on Twitter, a.k.a. Nigamort, a.k.a. Nigga, the Warriors just gonna burn the whole goddamn league down, a.k.a. Y'all niggas better not say shit about Bron or anybody else not beating these niggas, cause what the fuck? And I'm joined by my friend and my co-host. What's going on, everybody? It is me, the number one since July 2018 Lakers fan, tall Bianca XO, a.k.a. BB Bigfoot, a.k.a. Um, um... Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Bianca. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is so fun to uh, talk about what we're going to talk about on this show because it is talking about my favorite NBA team. It's been a really long time, um, and I finally get to talk about them and their free agency moves. If you all haven't uh, figured it out, we definitely going to be talking about the craziness that was going, that's been going on in, in the NFL. Um, but let me pay the bills right quick. Uh, you are listening to a CSPN media podcast presentation. You can go to our website, CSPN.us, click that crown and collars tab, and it'll give you every episode thus far um, up to a point. Uh, but that's to, to get every episode, you can go over to the ones that's archived over at our SoundCloud. Um, there's a link on that on the uh, website page for that uh, where you can click to listen to us on and <clears throat> we're getting up there this because this will be one episode 172 uh, whenever don decide to put this out i don't know when he gonna do it but um yeah um nigga slash motherfuckers are getting um up there age um in podcasting age you know so yeah, coming uh, up on four four years this is mm-hmm. hashtag content Hashtag content. Um, and if you like what the hell we have to say, um, and also all the other shows on the on the CSPN, you can go to that Keep Our Podcast Free tab and shop with our many sponsors. It's of no extra cost to you. We have Blue Apron, Wink Wine Co., Busted Tees, Amazon, um, and a variety of sponsors for you, the listener. Um, again, it's no extra cost to you. It just gives us a portion of the brick to keep the lights on around the network and give you all of this great free con- hashtag content. So you, the listener, won't have to pay to listen to me sound like uh, a broken um, a broken screwdriver. Yeah, let's go with that. That's the only thing I can think of at the time. So. I was going to say a broken Buick, but I guess a broken screwdriver. Uh, same, same difference. Same difference. It's fine. Either way, it's fine. Um, <clears throat> also, um, thank you to everyone that's been leaving us uh, new reviews and, and ratings. Um, I've been seeing it. Um Thank you so much for your support. Your support means everything, fans. And um, again, you know, drop us a, a five star on a review. However, you listen to your podcast or your podcast listening device. Um, Four stars. That just means you're a hater. And if you give us slower than that, I mean, come on, we're a little podcast. We need all the help we can get. We need all the five stars we can get, baby. Right. Correct. Don't, don't, um, don't be a hater and don't be a low bottom hater, too, with that four star shit. Right. Ain't nothing good about a full star. Nothing good at all. Nothing. That don't help us. That that you're not kind of helping at that point. That's just you. You you just being petty. Anyway, what are we talking about first? That is that is correct. You just being hated because you know this is five star 
podcasting goodness. Um. Anyway, <clears throat> so what are we talking about first today? What um? Uh, do you wanna? You know what I want to talk about first? You know what I'd like to talk about first? What do would you like to talk about first, Bianca? I would like to talk about my big three fanhood. Have you watched any of that? The big three basketball? Um. Uh, no, I have not. Yeah. So the games are on Friday nights. Um. They usually last about an hour. Um. The next one is this coming Friday, July sixth. The games are. At four, five, six, and seven, I'm assuming that's their local time. Um, all right, this, this week they're in Oakland, so yeah, that would probably be Oakland time, so Pacific time. And I am a fan of the Power. Um, and the reason I'm a fan of the Power is actually there's actually two reasons I'm a fan of the Power. One is because they have Glenn Davis on a team. Shout out to him and his. <laughs> arrest video it was alleged his post arrest video where he was on a plane stunting with his money open and at the end of the video he said the two words that made me a glenn davis fan for life those two words that he said at the end of this video unprompted for no reason were popeye chicken you know what you know speaking of real quick speaking of i was on the uh um all friends um uh, Rashani and uh, Shante. I was over on single simulcast for the latest episode. Go over there and check it out. And Shoshana read a story where a woman, um, I think it was a woman, was some uh, 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 a woman threatened uh, to shoot somebody over KFC. Now, <clears throat> I could understand shooting somebody over some Popeyes because Popeyes, but KFC. Okay, let me, oh. let me give a brief defense to KFC. This is not going to be like, I'm not standing for KFC, I'm not caping for KFC. But sometimes you do get a bite for that slippery-ass chicken, and and it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> it, it is probably not the preferred way to go necessarily. But sometimes, every once in a while, it just stands out as like, hmm, I'm going to have, I'm gonna have some, some slippery chicken today. Slippery ass chicken. Nah, you gotta go. Slippery. Yeah, come on. Everyone knows I'm not telling. <laughs> anyway, back to my big three fanhood. Um, the other reason I'm a fan of the power is, and that's their team name. The team name is Power. Um, is their coach is um, basketball Hall of Famer Nancy Lieberman. And um, the reason this is a big deal is because she's the first woman to be a coach of a men's professional team in any sport, as far as we know, anyway. Um, Right. And, I mean, she played in the uh, Women's Professional Basketball League and the WNBA. The uh, WPBL was like the predecessor to the WNBA, kind of. Then she uh, coached in the WNBA, coached in the NBA D-League. She was the head coach of of the minor league team there, um, one of the minor league teams there. And she also was an assistant coach for the Sacramento Kings, which I don't know if that's what bragging about, but I'm going to just go ahead and throw it out there. It's like, good on you, girl, getting on that bench. I mean, it, 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 it's it's a mo checks. I'll say that it's a mo checks. Let's see. She was an Olympic medalist in '76, and was a gold medal member of the World Championship Basketball Team, <laughs> and has been an NBA Hall of uh, not an NBA. She's been a basketball Hall of Fame because remember the um, basketball does their Hall of Fame as the basketball Hall of Fame, not just as you know the one league in particular. Right. It's meant to be all inclusive. Um, in 1996 and I visited that Hall of Fame uh, holiday season 1999 going into 2000. And I remember the exhibit about like the WNBA and like we got next and all those other things that were kind of like the marketing terms at the time. And like they were celebrating Houston Comets who were winning 
all the titles back then. And yeah, no, it was just fun to be a to partake that you know in that then and to see her get this coaching gig now. She replaced a uh, hall of she replaced uh, not Paula. She replaced uh, Clyde Drexler, who is a Hall of Famer, um, because Clyde Drexler is now the Big Three's commissioner. So, come on, come on, history. So yes, Nancy Lieberman is the coach of my favorite Big Three team. Um, and the reason that my favorite big three team, uh, the thing that put them over the edge was somehow Steven Jackson is not on the team that's called Trilogy. Like Trill is literally in his like social media names. And sometimes he's on the killer threes. So that's, I guess. That's not unless some shit Steven will be pop or that. That's not unless some shit Steven Jackson will be part of though. Yeah, killer threes. I, I it works. Um anyway, the game's in Oakland this weekend. Uh, I wish I could go, but alas I cannot. Um so, yes, if you're in Oakland, get your tickets to Big 3 basketball games at Big3.com. This thing is really, like, the games are fun. Let, let me, the games are fun. Um, you know, it's it's older, washed, hashtag washed, basketball players or what have you. But they're fun games. They're enjoyable games. And see, y'all thought we were going to talk about the big NBA news first. Ha, through a curveball. How about right? Well, I mean, since we're in Oakland, so, uh... <clears throat> Uh, so <laughs> we just we gonna keep dodging this, aren't we? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, fuck it. Since, since we pulled up, so um, it's really over. Uh, the Golden State Warriors um uh, have destroyed the NBA. Um, uh, these niggas signed Boogie Cousins, Demarcus Cousins. These niggas signed this nigga to a, a one year. To replace JaVale McGee, who went to who went somewhere we'll talk about in a second, these niggas got Boogie for a one-year deal for, compared to his market worth, a pack of Newports. What the fuck? Listen, I better not hear now one of y'all asses complaining about Braun or any other team in the league losing to these niggas. It's impossible. The, the, the starting fucking five for these niggas is going to be Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, and DeMarcus Cousins. Who the fuck is beating that lineup in, t- in this economy? Oh, my head brush. And, uh, all right. Okay, Bianca, okay. But I just... I mean, you asked. But you know what? Fair. That's fair. But I just... who Who's stopping these niggas? Who? Whoops. Whoops. I just, like... <laughs> I, <laughs> And see, this is, <clears throat> this, you know what this is, honestly? This is hashtag y'all, excuse me, this is the hashtag sports fans fault. This is, the this is, and I was talking about this earlier, um, I want to say maybe yesterday or whatever, um, because we might as well talk about it all at the same time. The Kane, LeBron James, LeBron took, James. took his talents to L.A., to the L.A. LeBrons. That is right. The LeBrons. Because it ain't no damn Lakers. It's the L.A. LeBrons, goddammit. I am okay with this. I am, again, um, as of, or rather, I'm July 2018's biggest uh, Lakers fan by far. Um, don't at me. Because <laughs> I am. I am number one amongst that fan base. Um, and, yeah, we just... uh. 
we 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 gonna be different. It's gonna be different. Um, First of all, listen. I listen. This is gonna be the Lakers fans who are gonna be annoying like the Lakers fans are, and it's gonna be us, the LeBron fans, who are Lakers fans who are gonna be like cool as hell about everything. So, listen, we got the perfect storm of fuck shit. This this honestly, this this is what I came for. When the news broke, I was having the time of my life on the on the TL because this is what I wanted. I wanted LeBron to give us drama because I'm dead on the inside as a sports fan, but I I love the mess. I love the theater. Hey, but your favorite team got a. Uh... Paul George back? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. I mean, that that is, I will say that's worth being happy about. Um, it is. However, that joy um, was, I don't want to say overstated, but it was, I was taken aback because LeBron delivered the mess for us. Listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. We got the perfect cacophony of fuck shit. We have Braun fans. We have Braun haters. We have Kobe fans. We have Kobe haters. We got Jordan stands. We got Lakers fans. We got Lakers haters. We got cat. We got bitter cat. Some bitter Cavs fans. We got some bitter Heat fans. We have the annoying ass Golden State Warrior fans. This shit is about to be mess, and I am here for it. Okay, we got the perfect storm of fuck shit. I can't even wait for the season to start. I'm getting my life just from free agency. Do you hear me? I was cackling. When the news broke that this nigga was going to L.A., I was cackling the whole fucking night. Then, because we recording this on Monday. Um, By the way, depending on when Don put this out, pre-Happy Fourth of July, um, get drunk and eat good and all that good shit. But, nigga, listen. We recorded this shit tonight. The, the news broke a deep of Boogie going to the goddamn Warriors timeline on fire this is what i wanted i wanted chaos and i'm getting it i'm living i'm ready i want the season to start right now these niggas don't even have to go to training camp start it right now <laughs> hey hey let the big three in first that's fair. that's fair let's get to the end of the big three and then we can start basketball right the hell back up nba back up but you also know what's the listen, listen let me tell you something lance stevenson went to fucking lakers I'm, I'm sorry, the LeBrons. He went to the fucking LeBrons. Lance Stevenson. This nigga's Lance Stevenson is 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 LeBron's Joker, and he went to go play with this nigga. What? What? LeBron, LeBron, Lance Stevenson. Fast breaks are gonna be something of legend this season. Do you hear me? It's gonna be it's gonna be like Met the Man and, uh, and Red Man on on the Rottweiler. It's gonna be it's gonna be beautiful. It's I can't be- wait to see Lonzo Ball average 10 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists this year. He, listen. <laughs> He's going to average the exact, <laughs> exact triple-double. He's going to have the easiest triple-double. <laughs> like, he's going to have a game he goes to, like, 11-9-9. We're going to be like, man, that dude sucks. Hey, that nigga going to be – hey, he going to turn it – he going to become a – he going to become a, a – he going to be – like, if <laughs> – like if Rondo was a debarge, it would be Lonzo Ball. <laughs> that would be on me. All right, the show is over. Bye, y'all. <laughs> this is gonna be hilarious. Oh, I can't wait. I can't oh, wait. Yeah, Rondo, Rondo. Yeah, I forgot Rondo also left the Pelicans um, to join my favorite team, the Lakers. Woo! Right, playoff Rondo bike. Oh man, I am. I am. I can hardly contain my excitement. Listen, this is gonna be hilarious. It's gonna be yeah, this, this NBA season is gonna yeah like yeah um 
That's Curtis says. Good luck, everybody. Good, good the hell up. This shit is gonna be bananas. I cannot fucking wait. It's gonna be listen. And R.I.P. to the East. R.I.P. Cause who even is in the East? Is John Wall the best player in the East right now? I maybe Kyrie if he healthy. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I like. <laughs> listen, hey, I just, I just imagine like the East, like you know how like the Dow Jones and shit, the stock market. I just imagine soon as it announced that LeBron was going to the West, the East, uh, Dow Jones uh, market value just plummeted. I mean, who the fuck gives a fuck about the East if LeBron ain't in it? Ain't in it. I mean, seriously. I mean, let's 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 call a spade a spade here. Don't we don't give a fuck about the East? We give a fuck about LeBron being in the East and going up against the, the Warriors coming out of the West. Like, so you, know what, so you know what the East is going to devolve into? What? A whole bunch of Michael Jordan talk. <sighs> just just saying, get 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 thine ready, and ears and please <sighs> ready. You know, that's the one thing I'm not looking forward to. Um, with this move from LeBron is all the well, Jordan never, Jordan would never leave. Jordan would shut the fuck up. Oh, well, Noel is going to the Thunder as well. That ought to be interesting, right? I like him. Yes, I like Nerlens. First, also I like he the name Nerlens. Just something about the name Nerlens. Sound like a sound like a nigga that would be a hell of a space partner. New Orleans Noel. <laughs> no, <laughs> that ain't a black as fuck name. Let's see. So, who is who is in the East? What teams are in the East? The ghetto. Trying to do some actual. Hey, yo! First of all, let me to do some actual reporting here, Jeremy. Hashtag. Um, oh, you're a journalist. Yeah, yeah. We, we're trying to uncover hidden truths and figure out which which team in the East might break out this season. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm. I guess it's Philadelphia's to lose at this point because Boston has all these players. They have all these parts, which is nice to say, but in actuality, in theory, two are hurt, and you know, one of them might not rebound back to form, and the other one, you know, has a history of injuries. <sighs> one of them think the Earth is flat. Um, <laughs> I'm never letting that go. <laughs> Is, is I mean, is this the year that Giannis and the Bucks make the leap? Um, does does do the Knicks get Porzingis back and make a playoff run? I mean, they finished eleventh in the East last year. What they were doing good until Chris Stapps got hurt, so eh, it's in play, I guess. Um, the Nets, <laughs> um, Pacers, eh, you know, they surprised a lot of people. So Pacers might. Have a little something. I mean, uh, mm, uh, but I mean, uh, mm, I, I mean, first of all, let me say this: Woo Child the Ghetto is so problematic, but that shit is so fucking funny. But you basically can substitute that with the East at this point, because I mean. We have we have the Toronto friend zone with success Raptors. We have the Boston maybe Boston if my ligaments are in order Celtics. We have the Philadelphia young and talented talented as fuck but young and dumb Sixers. We have the 
can can Giannis develop a a a, a shooting form? Bucks. Yo, if Giannis get a shot, it might be ooh, oof, oof, oof. The 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 potential. Um, we have the Washington. Good luck, everybody. Wilson. <laughs> Shit, who else that I can think of that's worth a damn? Who else? Uh, let's let's go take a look. Um, so uh, the Heat made the playoffs last season and you know made some noise, gave the Sixers all they could handle for what, six games, I think. Um, yeah. Detroit, you know, went all in last year and you know made the Blake Griffin trade, wound up not making the playoffs, missed it by like five games, and yo, I forgot that Blake Griffin was at Detroit. <laughs> they fired uh, whichever Van Gundy was there. I think it was Stan, right? Yeah. Um, the Magic <laughs> projects. Um, Section eight. Brooklyn, like I said, projects. Um, the Hornets, who can know? We know Cleveland ain't. Ooh, talk about the project. Also, fuck Dan Gilbert. This is. I mean, in in general, yes, but I I I gotta I gotta give credit where credit's due. He wrote a good letter this time, and he used the font that you know people over the age of seven. I mean, that's foul, but still, fuck that nigga. This is exactly what he deserves. Uh, shout out to yeah, nobody. Did he, didn't he say some shit like, I got my team back or something like that? That was the rumor that he wanted uh, LeBron gone because he wanted control of his team back, which, boy, boy. I mean, what do you do if you're the Cavs? Do you <sighs> enjoy the project? Well, yeah, but like, what do you want the projects to look like? Do you at least want to have the Black Lack of Bedroom set? <laughs> keep having love, or do you just completely burn the shit down? Because I don't, know. I don't think they can. They got to do something with Kevin Love. Kevin Love wanted the only reason Kevin Love is there because he wanted he wanted LeBron he wanted to play with LeBron. So I don't see there's nothing. I don't I don't see Kevin Love at this point in his career. Wanting to start over and be the the face of a franchise anymore? He won't. Shit, he that 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 shit has sailed, and he won't. Okay, to- so let, let's ask this question, and this is a very important question I'm going to pose to you. If LeBron going to Los Angeles was the first domino to fall for free agency, that's the first thing we know about, and you are the Cavs, and you haven't reacted to this, and no other moves have been made, no other agreements have been announced, anything. What do you do? Do you start like telling teams hold on before you? Sign anybody? I got a really good power forward for sale. Um, I, I mean, what's Kevin Lowe's market value though at this point? I think that would be the key to like doing anything with him because, like, what can you? I, mm, I mean, I don't want to say his worth was tied to LeBron being on the Cavs, but uh, um. Okay, so let's let's review um, really quickly. Um, Kevin Love's per 36 minutes with the Timberwolves was 21 points, 13 and a half rebounds, uh, a little over two assists. He absolutely doesn't protect the rim. We've always known that about him. Correct. Um, doesn't get into foul trouble. He stays out of foul trouble, but doesn't protect the rim. So you, it's, a, it's a wash on that front. Um, it's per 36 with Cleveland where he, you know, was anywhere from the second to fourth best player on the team at any given moment, where 19.7 points per game and 11.5 rebounds per game. Now, you can say some of that is he's playing with the best player in the world. That's fine. The assist numbers stayed about the same. Block numbers basically the same. Foul numbers basically the same. Um, 
the only things that really dipped were his scoring by about one field goal per game, which he went from seven field goals per 36 minutes um, with Minnesota to six and a half per 36 minutes with Cleveland. And free throws made went from 5.8 per 36 with Minnesota to 4.3 with Cleveland. So he's still a guy who can get it done in a variety of different ways. Just the counting numbers went down, which would happen when you play with you know LeBron James. Um, so so what do you do if you're Cleveland? Do you say we're going to build a team around a guy who's like a he's not a four, he's not a five, he's like a four and a half? Yeah. Um, and then you you ostensibly start Tristan Thompson. Ostensibly. Tristan Thompson as your nominal center. Tristan yeah. Thompson, who is closer to six to nine in the seven feet. And you're asking to play center. And to be fair, today's NBA where again being tall and just tall isn't as important as being able to block shots and run the floor and switch on screens. Two of which he does well. The one he doesn't do well, unfortunately, is you know block shots. Yeah, and also, I mean, he don't even rebound like he used to. I mean, he had that one amazing series against Atlanta, you know, when he well, – His whole... per 36 rebound, and he's always hovered around 10 and a half to 11. So, mm-hmm. there is that. The problem is he doesn't play 36 minutes per game. Um, in fact, he's never played 32 minutes per game, and it's not even because of foul trouble. He's another one doesn't get into foul trouble. It's just you can't play him for very long. So, yeah, what do you what do? You do? do you – Shift more of the burden to him? Do you say, hey, here's a guy who will be going into his eighth season? Give him more of the burden, more of the responsibility? I mean, shit, for the money they paying him, they better shit. <laughs> I mean, good luck, but, you know, for the money that they paying him, shit, they better. They ain't got no choice. I mean, I mean, what the fuck they going to do, build a team around J.R. Smith? <laughs> well, no, the other option is you build around – your youth at guard, which is, say, Colin Sexton, your first-round draft pick of this season. Um, Rodney Hood, who, I mean, you got to feel decent about him, at least. He showed something in the regular season. He, you know, he got jittery in the playoffs, but... He had a resurgence in the finals. That, you know, give him a little something. Um, I'll tell you a thing you can't do, and you can't rely on Jeff Green. Oof. Oof. I don't think that was in their plans anyway, but you know, certainly something you can't even consider at this point. Um, but yeah, what is what is the current makeup of the Cavs roster? Um, oof. <laughs> Little Jordan Clarkson action, George Hill. Who I, I think you got to trade George Hill. I think you got to give the reins to Colin Sexton like right now. Um, yeah. Trial by fire. And and I'm gonna put the cart way before the horse. I think. It might be worth seeing what your boy Zizic could do. Yeah. I mean, for the Cavs, there's nowhere to go but up at this point. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, might as well. But anyway, enough about that. Who, you know, has, has per 36 minutes, which again, um, this is a grand projection because he played 6.7 minutes per game. What is his per 36 is 20 and 10 with two blocks? Do you. And go and you know, do you try to see if there's something there or what do you do? So, I don't know, it's I don't know, but enough about section eight. So, let's talk about the, Le- the LeBrons or what we let's know talk about it or what we know of the LeBrons at currently. So, currently, 
we know of Braun, JaVale McGee, um, Lonzo Ball. Um, what what's the what's my man name? Um, Andre Ingram. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, came through representing, bombing threes on your moms. Um, they got a bunch of you. You know what? We have to give Magic Johnson credit. This nigga orchestrated this shit. They got a they got so much fucking caps. Well, not so much, but they got a lot of young niggas around Braun and veterans that they sign into even veteran minimums or mid-level exceptions, and they not necessarily over the, the penalty. First of all, Braun signed four years, 154 million of them things. So he pretty much gonna retire Laker. Cause I think this is land contract. He, th- th- this is it for him. Um, it's in play. I can, I can see it. So, I tip hats off the magic. Hats off the magic. Um, I, mm, mm, mm. So who do you? So, so is the first of all, Kawhi Leonard and already said he will sit the fuck out this year if he has to. <laughs> He I mean, he no. got the fuck out last year when he didn't have to, but I mean, well, mm, mm. I'll do your thing, I guess. But um, <laughs> all right. So here's the most interesting thing to figure out. Um, the most interesting thing to figure out, I guess, is Brandon Ingram, who's you know six eleven and like 160 pounds. Is he a two guard for the Lakers? Um, shit, ain't he like? Mm. I just made a joke. Yes, he's like 6'11", 160 pounds. Like, uh, mm. Mm. Nominally, his position is, shoot, is a small forward. He yeah. does not shoot a lot of threes. Um, he shot... He, for career, he takes about two three-pointers per game. Um, what, do you, what do you do with this guy? What do you... Like, Cause he he's way too skinny to play. He's way too skinny to pl- play the four. He got the tight, but he's way too skinny. He we know good and fucking well he's not playing the three. Um, with that, having him at the two, um, I, I, I I don't know. See, that's the other thing. Like if, <laughs> but see, that's why I the the Lakers have to try to make a a trade for Kawhi because they could put Kawhi at the two, and Kawhi at the two and Bron at, at the three. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> the thing is, the Lakers don't have a power forward on the roster right now. Um, well, well, no, no, I take that back. They kind of have a power forward on the roster. They have Kyle Kuzma, who I believe, because they got another big man. I just can't think of his name. Well, they got Brooke Lopez or one of the Lopez's anyway. Um, yeah, Brooke Lopez. Yeah, well, he's not really a, a foe, but well, actually, now that they yeah, got so Lopez is the center. He's your five. Like he's, I would assume, is the guy you're planning on playing at the five. Um, uh, but if they got Javale McGee, for me, I would because because Brooke Lopez skill set, he's he has the skill set of a four because as a five, I mean, he can't really play no defense. He can't really block no shots. I mean, he big as fuck, but still, like, his skill set is more for a stretch for a stretch, uh, four. And if you get JaVale McGee, you can put him at the five because his skill set is more for a, a traditional five that just play defense and block shots. And we saw him do that for Golden State. Mm-hmm. So, 
I mean, yeah, um, Brooke Lopez has added a three pointer to his uh, to his repertoire after yeah, making. He's more of a stretch five now, but really with the skill set of a four because he can't play no defense. In his first eight seasons, he made three three pointers, and last year and the year before, he made two hundred and forty six. <laughs> Talk about an increase. <laughs> so if if Brooke Lopez gets down to like the two forty range, he could be, you know, add a little bit of quickness, a little lateral quickness, ability to switch on screens. He could, he could. I mean, in the West, he could probably be a four. I would, I would guess. Um, yeah. More likely, they're gonna not play either him or JaVale 30 minutes a game because he played 23 minutes a game last season for the Lakers, despite starting all but two of the games he appeared in. Um, no team. Okay. No, I take that back. When the Nets were trash, he played 36 minutes a game twice, but since his injury in the 2011, 2012 season, the Nets is last year in New Jersey. He's been a 30 minutes a game guy. Um, And so again, looking at his per th- oops, looking at his per thirty six, um, you know nineteen, but twenty six, and two blocks. So not terrible, not elite, but not terrible. Um, it's okay, serviceable. Mm-hmm. Offensive rating and defensive rating are more or less the same. They usually run about even most of his career. Um, last year he ran hundred eight on both sides. Um, offensive rating, you like that to be a higher number. Low defensive rating, obviously, you like that to be a lower number. Um, yeah, he treads you about evenly. Um, so, I mean, they can make it work. I mean, at this point, at this point, I don't, I mean, at this point, I can't doubt what the hell, um, what the hell Magic going to do? Because they'll figure it out at this point. Yeah, he's, he's Magic Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, this... <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, the, the, the NBA is going to be entertaining this season is what the fuck we're saying. And, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, first of all, Braun is living his best life. He going to have he gonna have his wife, his side piece. Well, I... Hmm. I can't call Beyonce or Savannah side piece. He gonna have his wife and his wife, and live his best life in L.A. So you know, I always say, get you a woman who looks at you the way LeBron, or the way uh, Beyonce looks at LeBron. Yeah, yeah, I'd be feeling so bad for Savannah when we, when we make those jokes, but that should be funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> But that, that's this nigga got this nigga LeBron the best player on the world and got the got got the baddest woman on the world and got the baddest wife in the world. Like what the fuck, LeBron? What are you doing? Just want every damn thing, old old goat ass nigga. Yes, the fuck I said it. Fight me, <laughs> old Jordan ass stands and Kobe stands, and I don't even hate Kobe, but goddamn, y'all ain't annoying. And I get it, bronze stands can be annoying too, but at least bronze stands are, no, are annoying for somebody that's that's likable. Y'all are annoying for motherfuckers that you want to punch in the fucking face. The ghetto. At least if you're gonna stand and stand for a likable motherfucker, that's like somebody standing for Azalea Banks. Like, oof. The ghetto. The get the mental ghetto. Do better. Do better. Speaking of doing better. Uh so. <laughs> It's, it's something that nobody asked for. Uh, 
with the success of uh, Beyonce and uh, Jay Z's joint album, The Carters, uh, well, not um, <clears throat> as The Carters, uh, everything is love, which is still, which still sounds good, by the way. Uh, ja Rule, I get to it yet? Because uh, you know, title. Oof, oof, the ghetto. Um, <clears throat> so Ja Rule hopped his ass on uh, on uh, on Instagram a week or two ago, or a week and a half ago, and said. And said, <clears throat> iconic, and he spelled iconic wrong. The Carters' new album is dope. He added the Shantae and said, I think we should do one of the, these joint albums. Hashtag for the culture. Hashtag I'm inspired. Hashtag icon. Again, he spelled icon wrong. How do you uh, spell it? Uh, first of all, this nigga spelled it wrong like four times. How do you spell it? The first time he spelled it, he spelled it I C O N N I C. That's the first misspelling. <sighs> the second time he misspelled it when he hashtagged it, he spelled it I C O N N I. And then the third time when he misspelled the shit, he didn't hashtag it. He said I C O N N dot I me. Is he a UConn fan? Like, what is this all about? Well, I, I'm, I'm assuming I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt and say it's it's uh, UConn related, but. Mm, you asked you know me to believe a lot. Like <laughs> you, you know how we, you, you know how we, you know how it turn out when we give niggas the benefit of the doubt. So, uh, so at the BET Awards, uh, which we covered last week, they asked Ashante about it, and she confirmed that her and Ja Rule are think are creating a joint album. Uh, where they've been thinking about doing a joint album for quite some time, but the moment seems right. Quote: Listen, me and Rule is so funny because we've been talking about doing that. For so long, but I think now he's like, okay, it's time to do it. She said, and Jaru released. Um, if I scroll down, mm. okay, I thought, okay, that's just an interview. I thought, I thought the, the article I got up is on uh, XSL. I thought they had it, um, a little portion down at the below at the um, at the article where. Um, I thought Jaru had released a snippet of the music, but it wasn't. It was an interview talking about this shit. But yeah, so Jaru and Ashante gonna do something that none of us asked them to fucking do. I'm going the opposite direction. I'm looking forward to this. You know, you and a few other people on the TLW are actually okay with this. And okay, so let, let me let me qualify that. Um, so <laughs> here's, here's why I'm looking forward to it. Let, let's let's just iron this out. Ashanti can't sing, Jaru can't sing. Okay, they, correct. They sound studio. They can't sing. They can't sing. They can't. They they, they don't have it. Um, but the reason I'm looking forward to it is because if they give us if they give us three bops out of the situation, I'm happy again. It'll be just like old days. Like we okay. So a lot of this is rewritten through the eyes of. Oh man, Eminem and Fifty Cent and Busta Rhymes just like got murder ain't the fuck about the paint. I get it. Like I, hey, I I was there for that beef and I remember vividly. Correct. Expressing how you know, oh well, Ja Rule, you know, is out here, you know, with these old sing songy lyrics and like growling about his love for a woman, like sounding like DMX, but giving us like LL Cool J, I need love vibes, all in the same person. And like if DMX was light skin, it would be what Ja Rule. 
Two fucks. Okay, cool. I just, I, 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 have you have you heard of DMX interview? I strongly disagree with that assertion. <laughs> DMX could be lighter than me, and he would be the same. Like he would be more. <laughs> okay, so anyway, so back to Jaru. So the, the wildest thing happened. Fifty Cent just took Jaru's steez. Yeah. Also, except also, except except as far as mononyms go, Ashanti was better at what she did than Olivia was. Yeah. Also, just fuck Fifty Cent. Just oh, GP, but continue. Yeah. So. You know, again, like we we talk a lot about the retro stuff. Like I mentioned, like we were talking on text early this week, uh, last weekend. When I mentioned how Shy had an album out, and I was like, I can't tweet about this. Everybody's talking about Drake, and I, I would just look like I'm being like Little Miss Hater if I were to point out, hey, uh, Shy has an album out for all you, you know, I love the '90s head asses. Um, but it's true, um, Shy has an album out for all you, I love the '90s head asses, and. I think Donnell is his name, um, is the only original member who's still with Shy right now. But um, yeah, Donnell um, is still with him. And like uh, Groove ain't with him no more. Um, Eric, Jeff all moved on. But it's a cool little, it's a cool sounding little album. It's Shy singing about the things that Shy sings about. Um, but anyway, moving back to this Ja Rule and Ashanti album, I'm looking forward to it because... Once upon a time, they did make like the cool little like summer love jams. They did, and like you know, one of Twitter's favorite things is to do revisionist history because I saw a lot of I saw some people saying that you know their music wasn't as good as we remember it. Which with with older ears now, if you go back, arguably yeah, even though they still bops, it's like yeah, this ain't the best. But at the time, most of us, you know, of course, you know, individuals. Were- individuals, you know, maybe you didn't bother mm. back then, which, you know, you always don't have that. But in general, it's revisionist history as fuck to tell to say that Ashanti and Ja Rule didn't have his. Because they did. They did. And it's revisionist you know, history that like they did. There was there was some good songs that came out of that era. Like it's Yeah. 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 So while it might not, we we don't give a fuck about it now, but in, in general, collectively. But back then, you know, it, which made it even worse that 50 ended Ja Rule's run, run and then turned around and did the same fucking thing, arguably worse. Right. Uh, I mean, I would almost even go to as far as to say objectively worse, but... <laughs> um, but what I will say though is um where am I going with this? Um I'm looking forward to it. I don't have high expectations necessarily, but I'm looking forward to it. I wanna see yeah, what this is. I am, I am I am here for the showmanship of it all. I was gonna say my if I if I cared about it, my expectations would be even lower than than uh the the Carters and I, my for that, my expectations was 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 teacup chill because I was expecting trash. I ain't gonna lie, I was expecting trash because you know not all not all Beyonce and Jay Z collaborations are good at at all. But I was thoroughly impressed with that album. But I mean, you know, if 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 it if they do it and it comes out and you wanna you know discuss it on the show, we can. I'm I'm looking forward to talking about it together at a time in the near future. I will get around to it in the next. One or two or three weeks, and we will see what happens. All right. Uh, so moving right along. Um, oof. 
so this probably be the last thing, and then we can uh, roll up out of here. Um, so I don't think we, I don't think we've talked about him at length on this show. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Bianca, but um, last week, um, Terry Crews went to testify before Congress, wasn't it? I, I don't remember the particulars about it, but yeah, he he went to testify. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he went to testify. Um, uh, shout out to all the niggas. Um, uh, hold hold it down, Bianca. I got to step away right quick. Okay, so Terry Crews has been um, very forthright about his um, stance as a victim. Um, of sexual misconduct where somebody um, you know groped him and we mentioned earlier fuck 50 Cent and the reason we say that is because 50 Cent was being a head ass about the whole situation um, okay so it went to Senate that's what it was Vulture.com I just pulled it out went to Senate. also fuck Russell Simmons by the way also fuck Russell Simmons this is true welcome back by the way thank you so much friend your support means everything <laughs> And yeah, so um, Andy Samberg has come out and supported Terry Crews um, in light of everything. Um, but is that really what we're here to talk about? Um, uh, can, it a, can it be a part of what we talk about? Because I have some thoughts about it that may shock you. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, well, that's part of what it. And the other part is um, today on the Twitter machines. Um, I don't know how it it came up. I don't know how it started or who did it, but somebody pulled up his old tweets. Um, and I don't even want to say, Oka, wasn't the date like last year? It was from a year ago, yeah. Yeah, a year ago where he, uh, oof, oof. he basically um, did what a lot of niggas did at the time when this was a really big story. Um, and basically asked well if if um if someone can be trans then why can't someone be transracial and of course it was about Rachel Dolezal because that's the only person that niggas was caping for talking about goddamn transracial yeah she had just come back in the news at the time I think that was around the time when she announced that temporary ass name change that she was yeah a cup of coffee but no um yeah, when she stole that black woman's name. Yeah, yeah. So Terry Crews asked the question that this is Christ Newsweek. As a black man, Newsweek auto played the shit out of that video. I was not ready for that. Anyway, um, it was a question that a lot of people were asking at the time. And while I wholeheartedly agree, it's a silly question. I have to keep the appropriate context um, of what prevailing notions were at that time and say that yes, it was a stupid question, but it was a question he was not the only, he was not the only one asking it. Um, I think bringing it back up in this circumstance was meant to delegitimize his work in the realm of sexual assault awareness and how, like he's he's not doing this men of victims too thing, he's doing this, anyone can be a victim. And what is wrong about sexual assault is the people who sexual assault. Yeah, uh, not to cut you off, but when when I saw it, that was my initial kind of thought. It was kind of um, it reminded me of shit, 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 shit. It was um, fuck. It was somebody recently that got um, 
killed uh, by the cops and a, for lack of a better word, a Russian bot um, dug up their old tweets, um, basically shitting on black women and having very fucked up colorist views and shit and their baby mama who uh, was on the same kind of wave and shit. I can't remember who he was, but it was it was some black dude that got killed by the cops. That's what it kind of reminded me of. Um, and again, I didn't see who brought him up or why, but that's what that's kind of what the vein of it reminded me of. Well, like you said, to try to delegitimize him, um, even though it's still fucked up, you know, and wrong or whatever. But continue. Mm. So, um, XD asked him, friend of the show, XD asked him, said, um, did he correct the statements? Because this is old. Um, and he said, are you now in full Terry Crews? And Terry Crews, I, I was disappointed in the answer. Um, because he, he kind of red herring did a little bit. He Wait, he responded? I mean, this was eight hours ago. Yeah, he said, uh, what he said to XD was, I'm called homophobic because I don't want to be molested. I'm called transphobic because I asked a question comparing gender and race. I'm called homosexual because I came forward with my story. Call me what you want. I love everybody. I love them all. And I think them all is like referring to like everybody who calls them this stuff. Um, and I think that, again, like people who are calling them homosexual are stupid. Like, again, that's yeah. things like Roman 50 Cent. Um, the homophobic because he didn't want to be molested. I haven't seen a whole lot of that. I'm not saying it isn't happening. I'm not one of those people who's like, my worldview tells what the whole fucking world is. Right. Um, right. I'm one person with a set of opinions and a set of shapes of life circumstances and what have you. Um, but the thing about being called transphobic because he asked the question comparing gender and race. Um, again, even at the time, it was a silly thing. And I wasn't out at that time, but I was definitely um, knee deep in figuring out what the hell my identity was. Um, and at the time, yeah, I would have been like heated to see that question come out. But looking back on it, I have to realize again, like the passage of time has allowed me to see that, hey, he wasn't the only one asking this. He was not the only person who felt like that was a legitimate question of the of the time. Um, the one thing, so so culturally, culturally, um, it, it's above board to ask um, the question and. My hope is I didn't see any of the subsequent discussion because no one retweeted any of that, if there was any at all. But my hope was that this thing didn't happen where, like, you ask a question and then you do the whole I'm just asking questions thing, but then you retweet everybody who says a certain type of response that sort of supports yeah. the bullshit premise of your question. Yeah. And I think if he had done that, that would have come to light as well. Um, so, again, I think he was somebody who was asking a question, looking to gain clarity on something and just never really, like, went back to it. All right, I'm back, I think. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we are back. We are back. I don't know what happened there. It's all right. what, what was the last thing you heard me say? Uh, the last thing um, I heard you say was um, that it doesn't um, – you, you were saying that what Terry uh, said or asked was harmful, but I guess you were finna say it wasn't on the list of harmful things. It wasn't the most harmful. Yeah. So again, he was asking a question that was, again, just sort of a prevalent thing that people were asking questions about. And I hope that, again, he was not out here just like retweeting like one side of, a re you know, a set of responses that he would have gotten to this particular question. Um, thus sort of like justifying like the bullshit gaslighting the trans people constantly face. Um, yeah, I think uh, for me, I want the one thing I will say to that, Bianca, and this is not you know, me telling you how to feel, because obviously, you know, on this matter, your opinion will matter, uh, matters way more than mine. Um, when I first saw it, I thought 
um, it was something that maybe he said, like, you know, when this, you know, when it really first broke, because what, um, that scamming ass white lady did this, what, I want to say, what, 2014? It was about a year until us doing the show. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So I thought maybe it was then, but when I saw it, it was like 2017, I was like, ooh, because it's like, like remember, nobody talked about this with any degree of nuance back in 2015. It was like, haha, this silly ass white lady, you yeah. know, all this dumb stuff. And then she, again, like I said, she got back in the news last year when she did that uh, silly name change thing. And I'm just searching that for veracity because I want to make sure that that was about the same time. Um, on Google. Yeah, I think it was around the same time because I, I watched that documentary. Yeah, it was around the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was March 2017, and Terry Crews' tweet was, what, April, May? Somewhere around that. So she was, like, back in the news cycle again. Um, you know, I don't, like, I think I try not to do, especially in this day and age, I try not to do 2018's moralizing on the past. Um, mm. The way we understand the world now has, like, sped up so much. Um, it's been up so much, and we've you know we've demanded that people get on board like so fast, and a lot of people have done just that. And in this case, of Terry Crews, I think again he was. You remember how Donovan McNabb used to ask questions and just really didn't give a damn about the answers that people gave him. He just never talked about the shit ever. It was like, hey, do you feel like Tony Romo is a Hall of Famer? Tweet me your thoughts. <laughs> and his time would be quiet for the next four days, and then he'd like post an ad about some shit, and then he'd say, Sunday night, the Steelers play the Chiefs. Uh, watch the game on NBC. Will you be watching with me? And then this shit would be quiet until like Wednesday. Going into Thursday night, you know, we have the Texans versus the Titans. Who do you think will win? Let me know your thoughts. And then he would not even talk about the game. Like, I, I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm also not saying that that wasn't what happened. I just don't know. I wasn't there. I, I Yeah, because I didn't even know about this until it, it was brought up today. Like, I don't think Terry Crews tweets enough to where going back onto his timeline would take a whole lot of time. He's got 21,000 tweets. So I, I would venture to guess that if somebody went that far back, like, it, it's it's doable. Like, I was going to start scrolling his timeline. I had started scrolling his timeline, but I've hit, like, the end button, like, 14 times, and I'm still in June. So I think he's tweeted a lot more lately, not because he's trying to, like – push past some bullshit he tweeted. I think he just uses Twitter more. But um, no, like I said, I, I Terry Crews is one of the more thoughtful celebrities that we have out there. So I'm willing to at least extend some degree of benefit of the doubt. He's not like some on the opposite end of the spectrum would be like a little Duval, right? Like he says, he says something that's stupid and it's like, Lord, hey, this nigga go again. Yeah. But in the case of Terry Crews, Again, I, I, I feel like he's a thoughtful person. Like he he has the last thing he said was he left on a high note. He said, you know, I, I will I, I can take this tweet to heart. I, I will. I will do what's being asked to me here in this moment. Um and I hope that a Cheska Lee or a Cat Black or, you know, a um Raquel Willis or somebody gets to him and talks with him about trans issues and like what it means to be transgender and what have you. And how being transracial, uh, and I just air quote it like with my arms up to my ceiling, um, how being transracial is not really a thing. This ain't that. Right. No, it's it's not. You can just identify. And I'm just going to go ahead and 
lay out my Reader's Digest version of the difference uh, really quickly. And so race is a thing that sort of happens to you by the world. Um, yeah. Like, you can look at me from far away. You can you cannot know if I'm poor or rich. You cannot know if I'm educated or a dropout. You cannot know if I'm running a joint or robbing a joint. You cannot know if I... There's a lot of things you cannot know about me, but the thing you will most certainly know about me pretty immediately upon seeing me is that I'm black. Correct. I would I would even go so far as to say that, you know... And that you have nice earrings. You know what? I do have nice earrings. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, as far as gender goes, um, that that starts within. Like that starts like at me, and that fans out. And to the degree that yes, I was born male, and you know, I'm I'm tall and I have big hands and I have a deep voice and yada yada. But within and for a really long time, I felt like you know the the, the way that we track manhood as a as a culture as a civilization never felt right it always felt like i was watching someone else do the shit that i was actually doing um now that i look back on it and you know since since you know coming out and living life as well i've felt so fulfilled and it's been like the appropriate energy to give to the world as far as I'm concerned um, and the way in which I socialize and the way in which I'm addressed and the way in which I present myself to the world. Um, again, that starts with me and that fans out. Like you can, you can see the red nails and the dresses and the shoulders out and the makeup and everything else and say, wow, like that, you know, this person's on the side of women. And that's not to say that those things are like the ownership territory of womanhood necessarily. And it doesn't mean that someone who doesn't partake in those things is not a woman. Um, but again, that, that identity of woman is just that. It starts with you and you tell the world, hey, I feel like a woman. I feel like a man. I feel like I'm non-binary. I feel like I'm neither. I feel like I am all of them. Um, but again, your race is, it's the product of your direct biology. If you don't have parents of African descent to, you know, a, a socially relevant degree, because I mean, again, like, you know, we can talk about Af Africa as the birthplace, the motherland, yada, yada. So if you really want to track back far enough, but like as the world has broken and as the world has split and as we've had these constructs around race and around countries and around continents and around everything else, um, the notion of being Asian is what it is. The notion of being Australian is what it is. The notion of being South American is what it is. The notion of being, you know, um, Cameroonian, the notion of being Dutch, the notion of being Salvadorian, the notion of being Polynesian, they are what they are. Um, and to the degree that you appreciate Polynesian culture or Japanese culture or Icelandic culture or Nigerian culture, you know, whatever. You you can't become that. Um, you you can take steps and say, yo, my body's full of estrogen, and I've taken voice lessons, and my voice is lighter, and I've had surgery on multiple parts of my body to, 
ensure that everything lines up with the way I feel best about myself. And those things can happen. And you can tell the world, hey, I am a woman or I am a man and be accepted as such because that's that's the energy you're very obviously giving the world. But to have two parents from Anglo-Saxon family backgrounds or whatever it was, Wallachian or Norse or whatever the hell her background was, and to say, I'm the product of that and I'm black, that's... Mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, I will say this. Um, she would have done a lot better saying, "Yo, I just I love black people. I love black culture." I first, oh, first of all, first of all, that hell for a scammer. We don't even need to get down in the rabbit hole of that shit. But that that, no. that hell for a scammer. Okay. But um, I will say this: my man's um, James um, play on verbs on Twitter. He probably had the best um, answer to this that I feel at least um, cis cisgender people sh- should have. And that I hope that Terry Crews continues to pursue uh, to keep the foot on the necks of abusers in Hollywood. And I also hope he grows and unlearns um, his very his uh, his I mean, let's call it spade spade his very misguided. And while not as harmful as something like maybe what the you know, that that man that white folks selected is doing uh, still pretty harmful. Um, but what I will say is it is my hope that cis people would not do this thing that we do where when someone, um, particularly someone that we go, we're going up for, but when somebody else cisgender says something um, that's not um, particularly helpful to uh, the trans community. We do this thing that we never have the same energy for when it comes to racism, where we're like, oh, y'all counsel everybody, or y'all don't allow people to grow. Not everybody's born woke. Da, 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 da. I hope that's not what we do, um, because um, just take this um, for conversation we're having here, for example. I how, how Bianca feels is how Bianca feels, and it's not First of all, first of all, I'm not going to tell my friend how to feel. That's number one. But number two, it's not my place as a cisgender person. Like if she would have got on here and said, fuck Terry Crews, I would have been okay with that. If she, you know, obviously she's having a different take on it and I'm okay with that too. That's what I don't want us cisgender people to do is try to uh, police how um, trans people feel about this uh, either way. Like if they want to say fuck Terry Crews, um, Cool. If they want to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to allow for Terry Crews to grow, that's cool. If they want to say fuck Terry Crews in this instance, but I still support him in other ways, that's cool too. Like, let them decide. Like, it's not on us, cis people, to try to come in and be um, performative either way about it. You know, performative in the, you know, oh, growth and blah, 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 and all that shit. And then also try to get cookies for Ally of the Year. Like, oh, fuck Terry Crews, cancel Terry Crews, and all that shit. So, that's all I really wanted to say about it. Mm. Um, yeah, see, and, and uh, yeah, like I told somebody, you know, who responded to me earlier today, I was like, you know, what want to happen is people will start saying cancel him. And and once you reach that point, it's not that he actually gets canceled. Like that very rarely actually happens. Which is also why people. It's, it's, like, rap, it's like rap beef very rarely ends people's rap careers. We agree that, hey, Terry, uh, Terry Crews, listen to me. Pusha T got the better of Drake in their little beef. And Drake just launched an album that people were excited about and are like giving rave reviews to, which I'm not going to get into that right now. But 
you know. Hold um, on, wait, real quick. Shout out to everybody that said Pusha was lying about Drake being a deadbeat, only for Drake to go on the album, basically confirm what the hell Pusha T was saying. But no, um, what was I going with this? Yeah, so again, like canceling doesn't end the career of the person who we say, oh, canceled. But what it does is it, it takes nuance and it crumples it into a ball. And it, and it makes a segment of people who are saying cancel, cancel, cancel. It makes them almost incapable. Like it, it's, it's basically the opposite of Stanhood. It's on the opposite extreme. Like Stanhood does not encourage you to be better because people are going to like sop up the shit that you give to them. And you know who I'm referring to right now. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. It, it allows the fans to just take whatever it is that you put out and just treat it like it's fucking gold. And what, what that takes to the opposite extreme. That says, no matter what you do, you did this one thing wrong, so you're shitty. And it's mm. it's hard to talk about things openly and honestly if at one end again you have the stands and at the other end you have like the the hell no like team hell no and we, we just don't even move back to that middle ground. Because again, like I mentioned earlier, I feel like this was brought up to delegitimize his work in the realm of sexual assault. Um, awareness. Yeah, probably, probably, and, and probably by somebody that, uh, that don't give a fuck about the work. Mm. You know? Uh, so, now, what I will say is this. Like, I, uh, like I'm reading the responses to that original tweet um, that XD quoted. And, um, I see one trans woman who has said, Terry, I love your work to pieces and you came off as a really sweet guy, but this is fucked. As a trans woman, I can't support you. That's that's a perfectly valid response. Um, yeah. Because that that may be her smoking gun and everybody has their line and everybody should be expected to hold their own line. Um, like, for example, I shouldn't expect you to hold my line as it pertains to blackness or wokeness or being trans or anything like that. and just so long as that's a two-way street, everything is usually pretty simpatico. Uh, the one thing I will say to that, though, and we've, you know, me and you have talked about at length um, with nuance, ironically, uh, about, like, counsel and all that stuff. It really, once straight people got a hold of that shit, it really took on this kind of weird performative shit on both ends, right? Because it's <laughs> like, because as far as my understanding, council, quote unquote, originated in queer culture. And it basically was just a fancy way of saying, oh, I don't fuck with this motherfucker because they did X, Y, Z, which everybody does. Like you just said, everybody has that line. But the gag was and not to sound like Kiki Palmer, but, you know, it applies where it got muddy was for the most part. And again, this is just from what I've seen and what I've talked to people in the community about. People were counseling cis people being homophobic so knock on wood once we got a hold to it with our triggered asses with our fragile asses then it became oh y'all counsel everybody you know nobody's born woke and all that performative shit you know it's like i said on twitter the other day we 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 romanticize and we weaponize growth all at the same growth and forgiveness all at the same goddamn time like it's kind of like and it's at least online, it's kind of like how you know how we talk shit and rightfully so about how racist and all and all that shit they want us to um 
they weaponized forgiveness and against us like oh he was just a you know he was just a, a kid you know or he was you know he was no angel you know he made mistakes and i mean i know it was messed up but can't you forgive you know this cop who shot this you know unarmed black man or, or woman or or can't you just forgive and you know um darren wilson or whatever the fuck and we're like bitch fuck you well for with varying differing degrees, we kind of do that to each other about other shit, whether it's misogyny, you know, whether it's uh, deconstructing the patriarchy or, you know, in relative to this topic is um, homophobia or transphobia and stuff. We kind of weaponize that shit against each, each other in various different ways, too. And that's one thing I kind of push against mm. um, because it's more so it's not trying to. You know, at like everybody's perfect, quote unquote. And I'll give you a perfect damn example. This, you know, and not to go off on too much of a tangent, but the late one of the latest black Twitter exposes or whatever, and I won't go into details because we don't really do that on the show, but you know, one person said some really, 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 really fucked up things. Um, and they got exposed for it. And one of the defenses was, you know, I would of the of the of the guy was you know i was young um and you know i wasn't born woke or whatever and it's like some of the shit you were saying dog you don't need to be born woke quote unquote to to, to know to have some goddamn sense and not to say some of this shit so it's like in that nuance that we try to have we also kind of lower the bar because yeah, some terminology and stuff like you might be new and privy to on Twitter and social media within the past years or whatever since Ferguson or whatever. But some of this shit, you ain't need Twitter to know how to be a decent human being. And if you did, that says more about you than it does about Twitter. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that thing where it's like we want growth, but then we weaponize growth and forgiveness. But then we don't want to do the individual work to be better and not be coddled. And I'm and I'm just saying in general, not in individual cases, but it's like. It's almost like we infanticize each other and we really don't allow for people to grow. And the other thing I found interest I find interesting is that we are more we romanticize the growth and the evolution in people that have done harm but come from it, quote unquote, more than we care about the people that harm was done to. I mean, for instance, I mean, just think about Jay-Z and Beyonce. Mm-hmm. We romanticize a 50-year-old nigga that it took him 50 fucking years in order to know. Oh, yeah, maybe I should not mistreat my goddamn wife. It took this nigga 50 fucking years to realize that shit. And we romanticize his growth. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, we talk shit about the beehive for not forgiving this nigga for, dis- for, for mistreating someone that they look up to and love. You know what I mean? Like, we completely... I mean, I mean, first of all, well, Beyonce don't give a fuck if we don't like her nigga. But still, you know, you get what I'm saying? Like, we completely just like, oh, Jay-Z growth and oh, look at his transformation, da da da. Nigga, it took you 50 fucking years to act like to act like you had some goddamn sense. Really? So that's the kind of shit that I'm talking about. It's like, and when I talk about it on social media, it's like people, um, it's like I sometimes I try to temper how I say it because it sound I come some I'm cognizant of sometimes I come off as like oh I'm just this old footer that you know hates growth and don't know why to want nobody to be forgiven and that that's not it. I just want us to more or less stop babying each other and more focus on let's create a let's do the do the work internally on ourselves and not you know for lack of a better word and term and excuse my phrase and stuff but bitching and moaning about oh you know y'all counsel everybody and all that like let's do the work internally to be better human beings 
and and create an environment and a society, which I know is kind of hard, but still, where you don't have to put anybody through hell in order for you to grow. You don't have to mistreat anybody in order for you to grow and learn. You don't have to be a head ass in order for you to grow and learn and evolve. And where we focus on eliminating harm rather than rather than allowing harm and then romanticizing the growth when you have caused harm. That's more or less my only thing. You know what I mean? So. That was a whew, That was a long ass tangent. I'm sorry. You take, take the floor, Bianca. I'm sorry. That was a long ass tangent. No. Um. And I mean, I'm I'm looking. I'm just reading right now. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Um. This idea of transracial. It's not new to me. I grew up in Louisiana, and the thing about Louisiana culture, and it's it's pretty southern just in general, but Louisiana in particular is this notion of uh, passe blanc, uh, passant blanc, which I mean what they sound like to pass for white. Um. And there are entire families whose lineages are basically severed because a um a black person would have you know had a child with a white person, and the white child was like i mean the, the mixed race child as a result was like super able to culturally and socially pass as a white person, and so they just sort of abandoned. The notion of being black altogether, mm. and they attended white institutions and married white people and had families that were ostensibly like white families, and this would go for generations. Now, let's take this very hypothetical person who I just made up, and they have their great great grandchild. Who again? This has been. A person whose parents are black and white, and this person is mixed, but this person does not acknowledge the black side of their mixedness. They acknowledge the white side because again, that's that's where the benefits are. That's that's where the you know there's no discrimination in being white. Um, so they go to white institutions and they meet a white spouse and they have a family, and that family believes that it's pure white because mm. the notion of being black is shameful um, potentially. And so this is the 1900s now, and their offspring go on to marry white partners and have white children and ostensibly white families. And on and on you go, and then you get to 1985 when so-and-so is born. And they are born to what they believe are full-blooded white parents. And they fall in love with a black person. This happens, right? It's legal. You can do it. You can marry who you want. Um, well, now you can marry whoever you want, but you know, at the time you you know you married this this black spouse, and you have a child, and this child is black. Like, <laughs> like this this child is 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 black. You know, not black, but black, but black. This child that you had in you know 2010 with your uh, with your black you know, partner is black. And don't look a shred of white. And it's black. It ain't just because of your spouse's strong genes. Your recessive genes came out to play. And your recessive genes, which had been marred to more or less ash by generation upon generation of again, passe blanc, belief that you're white, 
never being told anything to the contrary, never discovering on your own, never doing a DNA test or anything. So finally, at you know, age mid twenties, late twenties, you get a DNA test done, and you find out that your generation, uh, that your family tree has a black family member on it, and that gets out to the family, and it spreads, and it's insidious, and it had been hidden for decades upon decades upon decades. I say Blanc ain't so fun no more. That has shattered so many families in Louisiana alone. It's unthinkable. But that's not what it means to be transracial. Yeah, that's just somebody who was sold a bill of false goods, operated under faulty auspices through no fault of their own. And had generations of family affected by it, adversely affected in some cases. There might have been health issues that might be more common to black people and the white people that come up, or vice versa, that come up. And it was just mystery, medical mystery. No one knew. No one had any inclination to think, to suspect that this was the case. Except it was. But those are people who, again, were trying to escape discrimination and trying to escape the lack of freedom to move about the way they wanted to. Um, hell, Walter Francis White, who was a civil rights leader, blonde hair, blue eyed, extremely fair. Had slaves in his family. Identified as black. Um, there was a writer and critic, Anatole Broyard, Louisiana Creole moved to New York City, and later to Connecticut, chose to pass for white in his adult life. Did not want to be classified as a black writer. Did not identify with northern urban black people. Married a woman of European descent. But his wife and many of his friends knew that he was at least partially black in ancestry. And his daughter Bliss found out that she was part black after he died. It's basically a real life application of everything I just said. Yeah, that's not transracial. That's sold a false bill of goods, living the life under a shaky set of auspices. That's correct. So, um, but yeah, we say all this to say, you know, that transracial isn't a thing. Um, and we certainly hope that again. Um, I'm hopeful. I'm. I'm not pessimistic about this. I'm hopeful that Terry Crews will come out of this knowing better and, and doing better going forward. I don't think yeah. he'll ever the question again. Um, I think he'll speak out against the notion of being transitional, especially as it applies to somebody like Rachel Dolezal, who, you know, unless we yeah, scam. sued Howard University and did so as a white woman, sued him for racial discrimination. She was black. What grounds does she have to stand on with a lawsuit racial discrimination at an HBCU? Right? They help us scam. Right. Anyway, that's been the Chronic College Show. Thank y'all for giving us about an hour and changing y'all's time. I am with again Tal Bianca XO on Twitter. And I am Blake underscore Dante on Twitter. Um thank you all for listening. Um thank you all for supporting CSPN and the network. Uh thank you all so so much for supporting me and Don. Um taking um as classic hands over the uh, baton to me and him, um, we have some 
fun things um, in store um, going forward with the network. And yeah, uh, we'll be back next week. And, and as always, be a greater hoe and not a hater hoe. And we out. Thank y'all.